Everybody. Welcome back to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. I'm your host, George, and we are sponsored. Our first sponsor is TriArc Systems. You can find them at TriArcSystems.com. TriArc Systems, or TriArc Systems are probably one of the best manufacturers of rifle, custom rifles, custom Glocks. Uh, they have Tri-11s. It's like a, it's like a, a 1911, but a, a, it's a 9mm with a flat trigger. It, it, these weapons are built to last. Um, I have a Triarch rifle, which I will probably give to my son when uh, the time comes. But these things are uh, amazing rifles. Uh, you can purchase them pre-built or build your own. Same thing with the Triarch Glocks. Um, and then the Triarch, the, the Tri-11s as well. So check them out at TriarchSystems.com. What um, more can I say? Let's see what else they have here. They have... They have rifles, they have barrels, they have pistols, they have optics, suppressors, gear, services. They even have a garage sale on here for probably used, uh, slightly used uh, weapons and things like that. So check them out. Triarch Systems, one of the gr- great gun manufacturers are out there in, in, in the world. But yeah, check them out. Uh, use code FIELDCRAFT and you get 5% off your entire build. So once again, TriarchSystems.com. Use code FIELDCRAFT and uh, just check them out. If you're in the market for a gun, check Triarch Systems out. You will not, not go away feeling a certain way. You're going to feel good about it. They have a great staff over there and they're very, very helping. They Any question you have, they'll take care of it. So TriarchSystems.com. Use code FIELDCRAFT. Next up, we have KC Highlights. You can find them at kchighlights.com. And uh, so KC Highlights, I mean, if you haven't heard of KC Highlights, you've probably been living in a, in a hole somewhere. Uh, KC Highlights has been around for 50 years. So they're kind of an iconic symbol. You um, you can see their round headlight cover, or their round light covers. They have, you know, KC on it. Uh, what more can I say? If you have a vehicle, if you have anything, I mean, if you can plug it into power and hook it up, you can put these lights anywhere. Uh, they have everything from, uh, light bars, rock lights. Uh, the rock lights are for in your wheel well. So when you're out driving at night overlanding in the back country, you turn those on, you're able to see your obstacles a lot better. They have, um, they have the flex lights. Uh, they have a light for, I mean, every occasion, anything. You can deck out your whole vehicle in KC lights if you want to. But remember that um, at KC Highlights, you will get a five, or I know, I'm sorry, a 10% discount code. And you use code Fieldcraft, and that will give you 10% off. But check them out, kchighlights.com. Um, they have lights for Jeeps, for Toyotas, for anything. If you can mount it on your vehicle, you can put it on the, uh, your, a KC highlight will fit on there, but yeah, check them out. KCHighlights.com for all your lighting needs for your vehicles or anything really campers, whatever you're doing overlanding. If you're just doing a simple, just camping trip, light up the night with KC highlights. Welcome to the, uh, field craft survival podcast tribe. This is Mike Hernandez, your resident mobility guy. Today we're going to be talking with a pretty solid dude that goes by the name of Sean Rogers. And uh, for some of you who know my background, I have spent the last almost 14 years in behavior health, dealing with primarily wards of the state uh, in foster care, but who are either coming out of treatment centers or who are going to treatment centers. You know, that's my background. And I think it's pretty awesome today because 
you know, I was reading a little bit of your book right now. It's the first time I got my hands in it. I'm definitely going to take one. Please sign it for me, by yeah, the way, we'll when, when we do uh, get out of here. Uh, and, I, and I saw the back side of your book was a lot on like when you were six years old and outlining some stuff. So, you know, I really wanted to get on here and I was talking with Glover, you know, begging him to let me kind of interview you and, and, and get into that portion of, you know, your life. Because for me, that's really, you know, been what I've been experiencing a lot with some of the kids uh, that we've been working with. Yeah. So, um, yeah, introduce yourself. Tell us a little about yourself and then we'll, we'll kind of dive in. Yeah. So, Sean Rogers, people call me Buck. Um, nickname I got in, in when I was in Special Forces uh, and then made the mistake of letting them know that I hated it. So, it stuck, you know. <laughs> it's like the rookie mistake. Um, but, yeah, so after I joined, you know, I had a lot of childhood trauma and then um, was struggling with that. And that's what kind of what I was talking about in the seminar. I was like, I tried my way of kind of getting away from that was I was trying to like overachieve. Gotcha. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to achieve everything that I possibly can to like yeah. distance myself from that. Gotcha. And so then I just be, I was like on a quest. I was like anything that is, looks good on paper, you know, so getting college and, yeah. um, you know, competing in like jujitsu, I was competing in anything. I was going to classes that offered certificates, like literally anything that I could add to some kind of resume. And I was hoping that that would like separate me, mm. you know, from the 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 way I grew up, and it would it would change. So it sounds like that you were using that as like your fuel to to get going or to get to some kind of form of uh, what like accomplishment is it or is it like yeah? Uh, so I just I was I was so ashamed of the fact that I was like this white trash kid oh, that grew no up kidding. poor, yeah. And so you know I grew up in a trailer, and it was like. I always had that, my mom always had that shitty car and it was, yeah. it was embarrassing. And then, um, the one that she had, it was this old, like eighties Brown Cadillac. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I actually, one of the stories I went to get in the back of the car and she took off and almost hit me with it. And then as, so, oh, dang. yeah, so I walk home and then I see the car and it looks funny. And the spot that I was trying to get in the, the rear passenger door, um, she took a corner too hard and smashed it into so a, it yeah, she smashed it into a telephone pole. Gotcha. So I would have been sitting there. Um, but then that's the, the damn thing kept running. So <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah. So the stupid fucking Cadillac, sorry, cursing. No, but, all right. So the stupid Cadillac, it just won't stop. So it won't yeah. go away. Yeah. So now I'm getting dropped off in school with a shit brown Cadillac that like the whole side is smashed in. And I'm like, gosh, damn, this is the most embarrassing car ever. Yeah. Like it's got, um, you know, the windshield is like plastic and, and taped on and, so I was just always ashamed of that. I, hate, yeah. I hated it, you know, and um, I wanted to, I wanted to be accepted, which obviously years later, I realized that that was up to me and not other people, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I wanted to be accepted into what I thought was an, a normal society and accomplished society, Gotcha. you know, inst instead of always being looked down as, as like this uneducated, um, poor kid. Right. So I started just chasing, like I said, any kind of achievement that I feel like would get me closer to that status. I just started chasing it with everything I had. I hear you. So a lot of the kids that I deal with have been, already been like removed from their families. Real bad situation, right? Um, tell, tell me a little bit about, like I know you mentioned a little bit about your Cadillac and, and whatnot. What, what was it like growing up? I mean, essentially. It was just, it was tough. It was like, it's always stress and always anxiety and you're always wondering like what's next, what's gonna, what's coming. And, um, you know, one of those things, like I got shot at when I was like eight oh, man. and the only reason around didn't hit me and I was sitting out, you know, staring out the back window of the car and 
we're essentially running from somebody. She's like fleeing. My mom's driving, my brother's in the car and she's fleeing from somebody. I'm assuming um, that she ripped somebody off. And, oh, wow. and so he reaches out of the car and he starts shooting rounds at us. And we get back to, we get back to our house and my brother's just yelling at her and we're pretty young. This was like eight and I think, he, so he was 10. And he's like, I can't believe that I did, you almost killed Sean. You almost killed Sean. And she's just like kind of blowing him off. And, and so my brother looked at the, where the rounds hit. There's mm -hmm. one that split the top of the roof, mm -hmm. but then there was one that went into the emblem in the trunk and then deflected into the, the trunk. Yeah. And yeah, that would have hit me. If, hit yeah. So it just, it didn't stop. It was yeah. just always something. And then it was like, um, new boyfriends, each new mm -hmm. boyfriend brought their own level of drama and their own type of trauma with them. And then we would be the ones having to deal with that. So, wow. So you're a single parent home, mm -hmm. you and your brother and my sister, and yeah. your sister. Mm -hmm. Okay. And kind of just going through whatever it sounds like stuff your mom decided or yeah. So or got into, right. So whatever she got into, and then we would just deal with repercussions of that. And, um, you know, from boyfriends keeping her like in a coma, to like, cause she like, there was a point where she didn't get out of bed for like three months. Wow. And, yeah. And I, I thought, so I thought she was dying. So I was like, well, she's, I'm losing how, my mom. How old were you then? Um, so then I was probably, it's probably between six and eight. It was probably around oh the same God, time. Man. So you're six and eight years old dealing yeah. with an adult who should be taking care of you, providing you structure and you're fending for yourself. You and your siblings essentially is what it's. Oh yeah. Like. yeah. Yeah. She had this boyfriend and he could care less about us. And then he had two sons of his own. And we ended up just uh, fighting them constantly, wow. and, you know? And so, yeah, it, was, it just seemed like every time she got away from one of them, it would just, she would just be replaced by another dude. Yeah. And then. So what, what would she do for, for money? I mean, what was. Uh, just welfare. Just welfare. Yeah. So, so she wouldn't work and um, she always claimed she was on disability and whatever. But to mm -hmm. me, it's like she, she was clearly seeking. And then she was always trying to go after my dad for, uh, for money. Child support. Child support, yeah. yeah. And he, he left when we were one. Oh, wow. And so she just hounded him for yeah. years and years and years about how much money he owed her and all this stuff. And So what state is this? This is all California. All in California. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you know, it, it's... I, I appreciate your candor and just openness. I mean, right off the bat, man. You know, this is, this is a lot of the stuff that when we're, you know, operating behavioral health and in foster care, you know, in my state alone in, in Arizona, there's typically around 15,000 kids that are displaced, right? And those are just the ones that the state has eyes on. What you're describing sounds like there had been no intervention. I mean, at any point, right? From a government entity or anything about you kids or? Oh, uh, social security, or, I'm sorry, the, um, uh, what is that? The people that come take you away. Child protective services. Yeah, there we go, sorry, yeah, CPS. Yeah. So child protective services, they were at our house constantly. But the thing was, they would always call and let her know that they were coming. Really? Yeah. So every time you knew when CPS was on their way, because you'd walk in and all of a sudden the house is clean. And yeah. yeah, and then she's not she's not drunk, she's not slurring her words, she's not on any pills, and all you know the house smells like she like food because she's cooking. And you, you didn't get like this warm, happy feeling walking into that. You just knew that CPS is coming. She what she was doing is dotting her eyes and crossing you know yep. her T's. And there is literally like a list, right? I mean, they go in there and say. Is there food in the fridge? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I hear you. So she had him she dialed it. in. Yeah. She worked it. And she worked the police. I mean, she's a very manipulative person. Wow. She worked the police. She worked CPS in 
like it didn't matter which boyfriend's house we yeah. we moved to the same thing yeah. it was clean she's sober she's like, oh hey welcome home from school oh cps is coming <laughs> wow. I mean, what was what was her upbringing like? I mean, is it just kind of like this perpetual cycle for her? Or um, So she had a really good, her parents are great. My grandparents wow. were amazing. Um, they ran a forklift repair company for like 50 years. Mm. And it was extremely successful. They did great. They were up in Ontario and they had six kids and they gave them everything. They had, they had wow. everything provided to them. My grandpa was an amazing human being. My grandma, same. And something went wrong. Just something, something went wrong. And she, I remember her being a good person. She was very vibrant and yeah. fun to be around, yeah. you know, and then multiple car accidents later. Um, I could only assume that, you yeah. know, it was the opioids from the car accident that started her down, uh, drinking and the pills. Oh, wow. I mean, she was, she was the person that's like getting kicked out of doctor's offices for like threatening them to get their scripts and to get her script to fill more of her scripts yeah Yeah. she's so she was she had to like constantly be seeking out yeah different doctor's office and i mean do you feel like the the car accidents were a cause of like is that the timeline like car accidents happened yeah do you you think that maybe she had some kind of like traumatic brain injury maybe or is there anything that changed her i don't know they could be i think to me there may have been something going on before that I wasn't aware oh, gotcha. of, um, but I was just too young to really realize yeah. it. And she was my mom and yeah, yeah. she still held that position in my head, right? Yeah. It wasn't until, she didn't start to lose that until, I, I don't, the timeline is always a little off, like trying to remember it. Cause I, I spent so long blocking all this stuff out. Yeah, I know, I hear you. And I literally didn't start even talking about any of this stuff until the past year. Really? Yeah. Like no, nobody besides like close family and close friends knew anything about this stuff. How do you feel now kind of airing this stuff out and going through it and going back? Like It's, it's like, it's good. It's been mostly great. It's mostly great because it's like helping people and it's, it's helped me a ton. Um, the downside is now she's still up to the same things. So now it's like, yeah, like, um, she'll, she still tries to come after me and she's, you know, always trying to get my number so she can call and harass me and stuff. And so that's the unfortunate side is yeah. it, it kind of stirred things back yeah. up and, and put the ball back in her court to think of me instead of other people. Right. Cause right. we haven't talked in like a decade. So, right. <clears throat> which was phenomenal. Oh, I can imagine, right? It's <laughs> yeah. Like chaos is gone. Yeah. You know? yeah so absolutely. unfortunately that's coming back now. Oh, well, I hate, man, I feel for you. Seriously. I, I hear so many things going on in your environment, you know, from a social work standpoint, from, you know, everything that we do, we always come in and look at environmental factors. You know, the reason why we, you know, started this conversation about her and your environment is to get a good idea of, you know, the foundation. I mean, those years, man, I mean, one to, I mean, how old, I mean, essentially your whole life, right? I mean, one to 18 until you left or? No. So I ended up, um, I call it escaping, but I, I ended up, like, <laughs> I ended up escaping when I was like 15. Oh, really? Yeah. And then I moved in with my dad okay. out in New York. And, and that was a good thing. You oh, were, that was a, yeah, yeah, that was a good thing. Um, you know, things went south with him. He we ended up falling off because he then wanted to move to Colorado. Mm. And I was like, moving here and switching schools is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Mm. I was like, so I'm not going to do that again. And I thought he would be cool with that. Yeah. He'd be like, well, you've come this far, you know, that's yeah. if you want to. If you want to stay, that's on you. And um, that just didn't end up being didn't, the case. Didn't go that way. Yeah. Wow. So. so you escaped at 15. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got a good idea. I think, geez, just within those couple of stories uh, of what you were used to. So you escape at 15 and then you start making 15-year-old choices. Yeah. 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 So, but that's that's the one thing that was good about living with my dad is when I first moved in, 
I thought, well, this is just a different feeling, right? Mm. So I went out and he was like, hey, um, you can go out, but you need to be home by like 9.30 or 10 or whatever. And I was like, okay. So some structure. Yeah. And then I, when he said 9.30, I think I got home at one in the morning. Oh. Yeah. So the door opened and and, uh, he put me up and over the (laughs) chair and came after me with like more anger and aggression than I've ever seen in another mm-hmm. human. And I was like, yep, he's not the person to mess That's with. Not- <laughs> <laughs> so a good thing then, right? It was. Yeah. It, him. That um, almost of, almost ass whooping was one of the best things that could ever happen to me. Man, I, I hear you on that, dude. I mean, I even think us as dudes, right? Growing up, especially at 15, you know, your your nuts dropped. You think yeah. you're, well, me anyways, maybe not you. But I, you know, I, I, I thought I was cool being 5'6 and, you know, solid 100 pounds. <laughs> You just get to that age and it's it's if you don't have that correction or that even just father figure you know to be like no bro that's not the way you don't get to come in whenever you, you don't get to you know those are the things i think that are so valuable for us growing up yeah so it sounds good yeah it was and i remember the after that this uh kid was trying to test me in school and so mm-hmm. he came up and he's like he said my name and i was like oh crap that's not good like i'm too new in this school for anyone out. to know my name so he says my name and I turn around. As soon as I turn around, he punches me in the oh. face. And uh, so we start kind of tussling around and I pin him to the ground. And I was like, there's no way I'm dealing with my dad. Mm. So I was like, that's the moment I realized that that ass whooping and that fear that he put in me was having like a legit effect. Cause I was like, I'm more afraid of him than this guy who's ac- actively hitting me right now. Absolutely. So I just pinned him to the ground. And as soon as I saw a teacher, I walked in like nothing ever yeah. happened. She's like, is there a fight down here? I was like, oh, I don't know. I didn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, so I ended up calling him because I, after the fight, my adrenaline dumped and I got really sick to my stomach and wanted to vomit. Mm. And I just wanted to get away. Yeah. So I called him and I get in the car and he goes, what happened? I was like, well, I got punched in the face and I got in this fight and I just kind of want to get out of here. Yeah. I'm pissed. And this is one of the, you know, there's only a few times that he was acting like, he would act like a father. I mean, because we were we would drink whiskey and smoke cigars, mm. and I was like sixteen, so mm-hmm. it, it was great for me. Yeah, you know, he owned a bar, and I would I would drink at his bar, and it, wow. it had a blast. Um, but this was one of the times he acted like a dad, and he was like, "You got to get back in there." Yeah, and I was like, "What do you mean? I don't want to. Like, I got two more classes. I don't want to go back." And he's like, "If you if you leave now, that guy won." Mm. He's like, "But if you go back in there and you show him that even punching you in the face had no effect on you, then you won." And I was like, fuck. Yeah. I was like, all right. So I went back in and sure enough, the girl, cause the whole thing started, I didn't find out till years later, but yeah. the girl just wanted to see if he would fight me. So she told him I grabbed oh, her ass. Geez. Yeah. And we, she oh, ended up God. calling, she came up to me like two years later and apologized. She's like, I'm sorry. I told him you grabbed my ass. And, um, cause I wanted to see if he would hit you. <laughs> I was like, well, well, thank you very much. Right. Right. So but, I mean, it turned into this huge pivotal moment for you. Yeah. 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 Cause then she was in class and I heard her behind me whispering to another girl, like, uh, he said he whooped his ass, but he looks fine to me. Mm. And so I took my dad's advice and I took it one step further. And when the teacher asked a question, I raised my hand and started answering yeah. questions. And, um, you know, that, that sent something home for me. Absolutely. That, and that's resilience, man. You know, mm. when we're talking about even the stuff we do here at Philcraft, you know, and, and we set up these constructs of preparedness, you know, uh, Glover did a really great YouTube video where he set up a little house and the roof was mindset. The three pillars were everyday carry, mobility, um, homesteading, and then the foundation was community. That that top roof, essentially, right? The beginning is mindset. So you're, you're, you're outlining it, right? Yeah. So you go from being 15 years old, high school kid, 
little to no structure structure until dad yeah and then do you decide at that point to go jujitsu and stuff like that or is it military next or, or how does it go next after that? hey y'all we're gonna take a quick break this show is brought to you by our new sponsor better help online therapy a lot of us take care of our bodies but 2020 and 2021 have been tough so we should also think about taking care of our minds the good news is therapy works so many people are battling a temper, their stretch is too much to manage, they have depression, anxiety, PTSD, the list goes on. If this is you, you can use therapy to get some tools that make life easier. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Phil Krauss of our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash that's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash fieldcraft. Yeah, so from there, he went to um, Colorado. I met this girl, and she, like, instantly was, like, changed my life because she was, her family was really wealthy. Mm. So that was a strange thing for me because it was, like, all of a sudden, you know, I'm driving around this, which I was very proud of, mm. 1987 mm -hmm. Dodge Lancer. Hey. <laughs> and it, it was baby blue and uh that that thing was awesome but i went from that to like this new car and she was just like buying me like bags and bags of clothes and um so we decided that we were going to move to la because we didn't have to, like who cares how expensive it is because mm -hmm. her family has so much money um they inherited like six million and so and her dad already did well and her dad was a super intelligent guy he's a mm -hmm. great great dude and so he was like he knew that he didn't want to live off that um so we just but she didn't she didn't have those same and yeah. i didn't care and i was like this is awesome yeah so uh and then she ended up cheating on me in california okay. and then that's when the military came up because i was like i have to do something another turning point yeah, yeah i was like a big turning point so that's when i joined the military got in the military um so tell us about that i mean what was that like for you was it was there a bit of shell shock was there this is where i need to be no, how was, was that there was definitely shell shock i was i was not fitting in oh really even in the military and the, i joined not because i was like patriotic and like all these people that wanted to like serve yeah, yeah i was just like i need a place where i could not screw this up gotcha and where they hold me accountable i needed more of that structure that's, yeah. that's the point right there the yeah. accountability and i ended up doing the same shit I, I went to basic and started fighting and getting in arguments and um i remember walking i was walking across and i told a story a few times but it's, it was, again, one of the pivotal ones in, in basic was I, I stepped on the mats uh, and these three guys were like, hey, get off our mats. And I was like, dude, it's an accident. And they're like, well, don't fucking, and they started cussing at me. So I got, so I got pissed and I spit on the mats. <laughs> oh, <geez. It's>, uh, <laughs> so then they all came after me and slammed me on the ground and we were fighting. So you're learning lessons, bro. Like, yeah. Yeah, these are <laughs> yeah, it's like shut your mouth lessons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So you get in the military and that, that word accountability is huge, right? You know, in, in behavioral health, we talk a lot about the frontal lobe and, and how, you know, literally your brain grows from your brainstem from the bottom forward, right? So the last thing to develop on any person is their frontal lobe, um, which is interesting because up until 25, that typically doesn't, I guess, mature, right? So when we're dealing with a lot of these kids in, in my area, you know, they don't have a lot of that. I need accountability stuff. Certainly not at 15, 16, 18, 19. And 25 is kind of a soft number for people who are healthy, right? Sometimes it never fully develops and you never get that 
You know, you never get rid of that self-centeredness. It's very, you know, in my own feelings. Accountability is huge. So I think that'll preach when you're saying, you know, you need that accountability. The military give you that structure, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, I mean, obviously you said you had some issues, but it sounded like a good decision, right? Yeah, it ended up working out. I, I ended up getting myself in line and figuring it out so I can make it work for me. So how was your military career after that? So from there, because I signed up for a career I didn't want, it was a little rough. I signed up as a cook. So Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So I wanted to go ranger. Mm. And that's the only thing I told the recruiters. Hey, I want to go ranger. I think those guys sound cool and it sounds impressive and that's what I want to do. And he was like, all right, man, come back tomorrow and I'll get you a ranger contract. And I was like, okay. So he he sells me on the fact, which he may be telling the truth. It's it's really my responsibility, you yeah. know, but um, he's like, you can go ranger. He's like, but you're going to have to go cook for a while and then you can switch over to infantry. Why? Why? They just said there wasn't any infantry uh, ranger spots available. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Which, whether he was telling the truth or not, he could have informed me that if I had just waited a little yeah, bit, yeah. one of those spots was slot. going to come available, right? right? Um, but again, whatever. So I made the decision and then I hated it, obviously, and then fought to get out of that. And then I, I finally... How long? How long were you? In um, I only had to do that for like three, maybe three to six months gotcha. before I ended up fighting my way onto um, personal security detachment detail for the upcoming deployment. So that was cool. That was actually a fun job. Yeah. Uh, I had a blast. My first appointment was just like traveling around Afghanistan with the Sergeant Major and, um, you know, visiting troops and getting to be outside the wire, yeah. which what, is really good. What year good. was that? That was 13. 2013. Mm-hmm. So then, was that like, yeah, it was like 2012, 2012, 2013. Probably, no, 2012. Anyway, yeah. it was right around there. And then from there, I decided I wanted to, I was ready because I got hurt in ranger selection. Mm. And then from there, I was healed up and I decided it was time to go back to a selection. So I went mm. to. So you did it once, got hurt, mm-hmm. and then now you're back. And then, I'll, yeah, but then, so instead of going to ranger selection, I was like, I'm going to go to special forces selection. Gotcha. Okay. And then the Sergeant Major is super cool. So he's like, well, when's the next class? I was like, well, there's one like a month after we get home. Mm. Or th- actually, it was like a week after we got home. And he's like, well, dude, you can't just go home. Cause my plan was just go home for a week, yeah, turn no. and burn and go to selection. Yeah. And he was like, dude, you need, you need some time with your family. That's kind of shitty. Yeah. And so out of nowhere, he's like, Hey, there's a flight going back. Um, taking some early guys home. He's like, jump on that flight and go see your family before selection. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. That was really cool. Yeah. So and, how did that go? I mean, who, who did you see? What? So that was, that was a good experience from there. Um, selection went great. So it was kind of yeah. like a, like positive reinforcement. That's what you needed, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then selection went great and went SF and had a blast. That second appointment got a lot of, um, you know, gunfights and yeah. really got to prove myself and test myself. There's a lot of mistakes that I made and mm. uh, ups and downs, but overall I felt really fulfilled. Well, you know, and that's that's what I appreciate. And if you guys are listening, you know, trying to figure out why are we going through this field craft survival? I mean, everybody has a story, but. I think what's important is to get this information out because I cannot tell you enough. You know, we live in these these little four-walled houses and, and when I'm sitting across from people telling them, well, you know, this kid got he got locked up because he was stealing, you know, for his mom or, or, you know, this kid was sold and trafficked, mm-hmm. you know. These things literally happen in America, in the United States, in California, you're even, you know. Yeah. And I'm in Arizona, but the best part about it is the story of you overcoming, right, getting through it, Becoming your own person. You have this really great book coming out. Uh, I really appreciate the fact that 
you know, you're being so candid about that stuff because this is where my heart is, honestly, man. Um, tell us about the book. What made you decide to kind of get in that and outline it in the way that you did in terms of trauma and whatnot? Being yeah, so the book, the book came from like my healing process. Gotcha. I was like, I, I am, I'm not making the improvements that I need to make. Mm. Like I'm, I'm really falling short a lot of the times and I'm still running from my past. I'm still having issues with my past. And so I was like, you know what? I need to dig in and start just getting it out. Mm. And so I basically just started journaling the book and yeah. the, the, when it reads, it's, it's a quick read, but it's, it, it's reads as a journal. It's, yeah. it's just kind of flowy. The story here it is. Here's the highlights of the things that really affected me and some of the lessons I was able to learn from it. And then through the process of writing the book, I found a lot of closure and a lot of healing. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it felt great. It's so therapeutic. Absolutely. Yeah. So at that point, I was like, well, how far can I take this? Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, well, I want to keep helping people because 100%. that felt really good. Yeah. So they started the FNG Academy and start helping guys that want to get selected. And now it's not only help them get selected, but help motivate them, help let them know that we're all human. 100%. And I don't care that you're SF. You're, exactly. You're still a human. You're still made mistakes. Yeah. And, you know be humble right well and it's purpose right i mean i hear i hear a lot of really great things in the way of helping others and i think and people don't realize this but maybe you can even talk about this too you know going through whatever the little guys that i managed we went through dealt with yes it was difficult a lot of people like how do you have that in your house or i mean that's not really the point right the point is a strong sense of community helping these little ones out and then honestly the the payout, the um, the the self worth afterwards. What's the word? I'm I'm losing it here. It's it's like the the benefits of helping. I mean, and, and finding your purpose and being in the shit essentially. You know, with them is just huge. You know, mm-hmm. purpose. I think is what a lot of even guys our age like. Just, they just miss right. They're oh, like yeah. chasing the dollar or whatever. But when you help somebody, when you get in there and you're like in the trenches, or you're getting somebody to you know selection or, or whatnot. You know. That's fulfillment. That's the word I was looking for. That's the real fulfillment of what yeah. you know we're here to do. One hundred percent. I could I could honestly care less about the cars, yeah. that the the monetary thing. It just doesn't appease me. Yeah. And like I, sometimes I kind of wish that it did a little bit, you know, because then people always talk about it. Like you pick the your favorite car was Ferrari or Porsche, mm-hmm. or you want that nineteen eleven, and then you could put that on your your visual board yeah. to motivate you. And I'm like, I that's I, not, that. that's yeah. not motivating exactly. to me. But then when people message me and they're like, hey, man, that really helped. I've had like pro football players in there like, hey, dude, I was molested as a kid. Right. Same. And I was like, whoa. And they, that's, I would have never thought that. And it, you know what's crazy? It's so common. Yeah. That's, that's what's so messed up about all this stuff. We're, we're talking about trauma. You know, there's a whole block of, of continued education we do in, in my field. And trauma-informed care just outlines, look, this is the reality of what's going on. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, now it's people keep thanking me but it, it blows my mind because i'm like you don't know you're you're helping me like right. this is yeah this exactly. is so i you know just doing that seminar today just try to thank them as much as possible because they're it. really helping me more than i think i'm i'm giving back and if i could help them obtain their goals that's just like a small bit of appreciation yeah. for you know what they do for me yeah no that's awesome so so tell me about you it's, you called it the academy i'm sorry i didn't the fng I, academy fng academy yeah um what does that look like? I mean, who are you taking in? What's the process? Somebody who decides they want to go this route. So this, the FNG Academy right now is just the, the YouTube channel. Okay. So right now, just giving guys advice, giving them tips, telling them all about selection, 
Um, you is know, that what it's called? It's called FNG Academy. Yeah, the FNG, okay, uh, yep, FNG Academy, and then uh, you know, from there, just trying to motivate them and, and talk about my mistakes Your and story. talk about lessons learned and my story and things like that to help them. Um, and it's they seem to be resonating. It's yeah. been six months and right, like fifty three thousand subscribers. Oh and, yeah, dude. So it's that feels good. Wow, no, that's big. Seriously. Thank you. Wow. So you have this going on. Um, looks like you're. Are you touring for the book? Or are you just doing seminars? Like what's, yeah, what's so, the next move? So right now it's kind of, we started, I started writing the next book and I'm thinking at first I was like, I'm just going to do audio only. Yeah. And then that way I could just crank it out with and try to cut out a lot of the steps. But, um, we'll see. It might evolve in just being the second book, yeah, but it's, it's, it's going to be more motivational stuff and like cool. lessons learned and really pulling the lessons out of my story mm-hmm. and without going into my story again, it's going to be the lessons themselves. Yes. Cause unfortunately I think, yeah. And I think reading the book once it was done and having it in my hands i was like this is great and i'm glad that you know it's there to tell my story mm-hmm. but i have a lot more that to give and a lot more to teach and absolutely so and i'm still learning myself obviously you know oh, like right. i crushed uh <laughs> surprisingly like it was surprisingly good is i've been crushing kevin hart's book really uh, yeah kevin hart's book and then because kevin hart's book was so good i was like you know what let me try 50 cents. And it's not people you would think you right. would have like these but major entrepreneurs. Man. Yes. Huge, huge, huge. And the, and the crazy thing is both of them are, are really highly intelligent and they're high level intellectuals. Mm. Um, Kevin Hart in, in his self-help book, the audio, he did the audio book only. And he starts men, mentioning Napoleon Hill. And I was like, I knew it. I knew it. Cause I love Napoleon Hill and mm-hmm. he's phenomenal. You know, Jordan Peterson, all these like, really big figures guys. Yeah. yeah and you know he starts talking about napoleon hill and de- definiteness of purpose and and then i go into 50 cents you know because i i know him as 50 cent and not who he's become now that yeah. you know curtis jackson i'm i'm expecting something and i got something completely different <laughs> yeah. he's talking about 48 laws of power right and and that's what, like one of his his best fr- his good friends now is this the author of 48 laws of power and i'm like 48 laws of power is a hard book mm. you know if anyone's ever read that it's 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 really talking trying to analyze power to the point of being able to manipulate it oh, which wow. which i don't i don't recommend people like trying but that's not really the book that's not the point yeah it's not the point i think yeah. the point is understanding power and how people um, how it can be used, how it is used uh, organically, yeah. but then it just helps when something is not so great that's happening yeah. to you, and you 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 can understand the dynamic a little yeah. bit more. Well, but, I love what you said about you know you're still learning; it's a process yeah. or a conversation. I mean, I love that, right? It's it's what's that saying? Something about you know true wisdom is understanding that you know absolutely nothing. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And then when, you know, you have that humility and that mindset, I mean, that's when like real growth happens. And it's evident, right? I mean, yeah. you, you can't just start a YouTube page with what you're doing in your content for six months and, you know, have 50,000, you know, subs and that be, you know, not proven, right? I mean, that's exactly right. So again, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, you know, sitting with us. Um, if you could, If you could gear your or even just say your book is geared toward this person. Is it is it all encompassing? Is it for like the young man that's struggling? What would you classify your book as? I would say that anyone that's experienced trauma in their past, anyone that's experienced trauma, if you've, especially if you've allowed it to be, make you a victim, yeah, you know, and, and one of the biggest pet peeves I've had because of my childhood okay. is the victim mentality. Yes. It drives me nuts, I hate it, it makes me sick because it's like, 
all the tools are there, everything is there, and they just look at them and say, but I can, but I, you know. So if, but if you've had any trauma in your past, I think that it could help. Bro, that is monumental, honestly. Like, when I look back at, I've been very fortunate to have 100% success rate in, in the kids that I've dealt with, right? That's amazing. I, right, and I, I'm, I'm super blessed. Like, I, I, I look at it in the last 14 years, and primarily my job was stabilization. So we stabilize the behavior because they're typically, you know, going nuts. Is the best I could put it, you know, I can't go into too much detail, but when they stabilize and then they either go back to fam, get adopted or circulate back into a lower level of care, which they deserve, right? Mm -hmm. They don't deserve to be institutionalized all the time. The ones that, that succeeded were not victims anymore. And that's mm -hmm. huge because, you know, even in some of the adult populations, my wife deals with adult populations. That's like the, the defining factor between two people everybody is either a victim or they're like a victor right mm -hmm. like it's it's who are you going to choose to be can you get that to that point where it's like you're just not entitled everybody's not out to get you you tie your own shoes up lace them up you get out and you work your ass off nobody owes you anything and you get out there and crush it like to me that's such a simple but the ultimate difficult thing for the rest of the populace right is to understand and i, I you know what not even the rest of the populace even me growing up i think that was my shift as I felt like I was a victim and mm -hmm. poor me. And it's so easy to get, you know, into that pity party just from a human nature kind of thing. But to me, dude, that's huge, bro. Like, seriously, yeah. I appreciate you well, saying I mean, that. People just, a lot of those victims, they, they don't analyze their behavior enough to realize mm -hmm. that they're the ones causing, causing it. Right. Yeah, so right. it's it's frustrating to watch because they think they're it's just happening to them. I'm like, mm -hmm. wait a minute. So, like, my wife said this to me. I was like, man, I just can't stop. I, I'm always, like, arguing with someone in the car. Like, road rage for me, and I've gotten a lot better, but it was, like, a once-a-week thing. And at some point, it's like, you have to look in the mirror and be like, you're causing you're this. You're the common denominator. You're the common denominator here. <laughs> so, I can't just keep saying that, like, randomly I'm yeah. running into all these a-holes on the highway. Yep. In reality, it's my driving patterns. It's yes. my drive, aggressive driving. It's the way I change lanes it's yeah. my the pat my patterns of behavior are causing people to react yes. to me a certain way and then i'm blaming them and that's basically that's the whole thing that's in huge. a nutshell that could be applied to anyone else in, in any yep. aspect that's yep. life yep 100 percent, brother that, that i mean yeah i mean I, I don't know if you guys are who are listening to this can grab the the or grasping the gravity of what is being said i mean i we've dealt with so many people over the years and, and adults even who this this concept is really caused a lot of issues in their life um man we've cut on so we've covered so many good things you know i i really appreciate you coming down and in one the seminar and in promoting your book and telling your story here live which was really cool yeah, that, was, um, that was a tough one was it yeah i mean it was it was a cool experience but i've been just working it for for days and yeah i don't take anything anything lightly you know that's yeah. telling those guys gary keller the one thing whatever your one thing is next that's gets 100 percent of your your yeah. efforts so, so what's next for you? Uh, so for me is I have going down to the Operators Association in Texas to help out um, and guest uh, judge on on what he's got going on, which is helping guys get selected and, mm -hmm. and training them and stuff. And they mm -hmm. go down there for a day or two. So I'll hit that um, next weekend. And then um, from there, keep writing the book. Cool. I want to have that audio book released by the end of the year. Cool. And then we have some really big projects in the works for um, – the YouTube channel, like honestly, I, I wish I could say who was attached or and what we're yeah. doing, but it I legitimately think that we're gonna we can get a show out of 
um, what we have coming up. We got a big name attached That's to awesome. it, and I think it's going to be. I think it's going to make moves. So awesome. So if people want to know more, do you have like social media sources that you would want us to drive? Yeah. So just Instagram is. Instagram. What's your Instagram? It's a uh, Sean Buck Rogers. Sean Buck Rogers. Olivia. Yeah. And your YouTube again? FNG Academy. FNG Academy. Well, again, bro. I think uh, I think that people will really appreciate you know, your story. I myself, just even sitting here, honestly, I just appreciate the, the, the two points of resiliency and, and taking responsibility for yourself. Um, hopefully we see you soon here at HQ. Yeah, you know I appreciate I mean? you Come having back me. and do a, another seminar for us. Yeah. Yeah, all right, man. Well, I appreciate you, dude. Shake your hand. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, brother. We'll catch you in the next one, guys.